And so he, with all the vegetables come in, we're carrying a conversation. And I said, well, what did you get today? And he goes, 287 pounds. And I went, man, that's a lot of vegetables. He goes, not really. And I went, what do you mean not really? He said, well, it's Shabbat. Hello, and welcome to Walk Like a Hebrew. I'm Jody O'Dell. On this podcast, we talk to followers of Yeshua the Messiah, also known as Jesus. Our guests come from all kinds of faith backgrounds and have discovered that God's law, which was given through Moses at Mount Sinai, was not actually nailed to the cross of Christ, as many of us have been taught. On Walk Like a Hebrew, we ask the question, how did you get from there, wherever that was, to here, living like a true Hebrew, literally following in the footsteps of our Messiah? We live our lives by 1 John 2, 6. We keep the biblical feasts as he did, We follow the biblical dietary guidelines as he did, and we rest on the biblical Sabbath as he did. Walk Like a Hebrew is entirely listener-supported. If you're enjoying these testimonies and you'd like to make a one-time or recurring donation, please visit sheholdsforth.com slash donate. And now you can also support us through Pod Hero, a $5.99 monthly subscription service that makes it easy to support your favorite podcasts. Check it out at podhero.com. This is episode 18, an interview with Mark and Lori Bell. I sat down with the Bells outdoors at the Feast of Shavuot celebration at Safe Haven Sustainable Farm in Erosi, California, so you'll hear all kinds of stuff going on in the background. We talk about the Hebraic perspective versus the Greek perspective, watching scripture work in real time, how this faith walk changed their marriage, and more. Welcome to Walk Like a Hebrew. Uh, we're here in Erosi, California at um, Shavuot at Safe Haven Sustainable Farms, which is also the home of Growing in Torah. I'm here today with Mark and Lori Bell. Mark and Lori, how are you doing today? Fine, thank you. Well, good, thank you. Good, so tell me a little bit about yourselves. Well, I'm a retired federal prosecutor and a paramedic, semi-retired now, and we live up on a mountain and have fun raising chickens. Nice. How about you? Okay, well, I'm the one raising the chickens, and he (laughs) helps me. I was a licensed psychiatric technician, but I clean Airbnbs now. Oh, perfect. Like you said, we have those chickens and a dog, and pretty busy. (laughs) Busy doing the fun stuff? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is. It's homestead on a rental property, and, you know, it's great. Nice. Yeah. Nice. So what was your life like, you know, before? What, What is your faith background? Well, I was a high priest in the Mormon church, and I was raised Mormon most of my life. I've attended many, many services of different faiths, but primarily raised Mormon. Been to the Mormon temple and done all the things that Mormons do. You'll have to tell me about some of those someday. Yeah, they're kind of interesting. <laughs> my, da- my dad's family is Mormon, but my dad was excommunicated when he married my mother, who was a mainstream Christian. Mm. And my grandma refuses to tell me anything about Mormonism. Wow. And she says that everything you hear is all lies. <laughs> all, all the weird things you hear are just lies. And uh, Okay. <laughs> well, some of them are, and yeah. some of them not so much. Right, right. <laughs> um, I was raised up in a Baptist church and got involved in Pentecostalism and then went off to um, those that follow men, per se, I was leaning with the Latter-day Rain type movement. In Latter-day Rain? Yeah, the Latter-day Rain. What is that? That that was during Azusa Street, a lot with dispensationalism. You know, and and so the different ages that came in, and so the last one supposedly was like Azusa Street, and those people Uh would know that, and William Branham. So that's where 
my background was. Interesting. Yes. So how did you get from there, a high priest in the Mormon church? I mean, that, I'm sorry, I'm a little bit of a conspiracy theorist. And so you say high priest and I'm like, you know, conspiracy theories, Mm -hmm. Freemasons, you know, the whole whatever. It's not like that. Is it? No, no. Okay. It has nothing to do with that. It's, it's, you know, it's basically kind of the fivefold ministry thing. You know, you have teachers, priests, bishops, evangelists, that kind of thing. Okay. You know, and it's okay. just this kind of a station in the church. In a Mormon church, there's no paid clergy. Right. Yeah, it's just a position. Okay. It's when you get old. <laughs> They don't want you out doing other stuff, so they make you a high priest. Gotcha, gotcha. <laughs> well, so how did you get from there to here? Because this is like the polar opposite of Mormonism, isn't it? Oh, big time. I mean, I mean, just oh, it, it, this, you know. <laughs> it's it's not only polar opposites, but it it's polar was polar opposites in our marriage. Um, when when we got together, we we had a lot of fun. We had a lot of things in common, but the only thing we could agree on theologically was don't talk about theology because it usually lasted about four and a half minutes before it was a knockdown drag out. <laughs> How long have you been married? 11 years. So we we kind of, we just didn't talk theology. Yeah. You know, That's we had smart. a good relationship, but we just didn't talk religion of any kind. And we met a couple. Uh, the husband was an Orthodox Jew. The wife was Sephardic. And they had found Yeshua, uh, much to their parents' chagrin. <laughs> of course. <laughs> um, and they kind of introduced us to a Hebrew perspective of things. Okay. And interestingly enough, we didn't always necessarily agree with everything they had to say or the, or the, the teachers that they followed, but it sparked conversation between Lori and I. And we found that as we were learning and understanding some things that maybe we didn't necessarily understand in our own walks and and, in religion, we started having conversations. Cool. And we could basically agree that Yeshua was was Lord, so if we could start a foundation from there, then we could um, have some conversation and learn to drop the other out as we came into Torah that none of that was real, you know, especially dispensationalisms and all these different things. And then we could have conversation. So we started doing the searching of the scriptures, attending. Our first Hanukkah was like 2015 and got to go to a feast and we met Rico and we met Monty and oh, um, who's the other guy? Ed Harris. Ed Harris and um, Hanak Young. Yeah. So it was really, it was fascinating. I bet. Um, Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) We uh, thought, yeah, this made more sense. We had come there and, and we could agree on much and have conversation that we didn't argue on. Right. And then we had to learn how to get rid of our fil- our previous filters. Oh, that, that's so hard. <laughs> yeah, it took me about a year to drop all that and then come to an understanding of what the basics of Torah and then start the Torah cycles and, you right. know, the learning. Right. So was it was it one, like, topic that this couple that you met that they spoke about was it one thing that made you start thinking that maybe you needed to do more research? I don't think it was one thing. I think it was the perspective. Okay. Because I don't know about everybody else, but for me, there was always questions in, you'd go to a sermon, mm-hmm. and there's always a question, and somebody says, they, they read a scripture, you know, one verse, and they go, and see, this means... Okay, but then then as you go and do your homework, as you're preparing for the next week, you read the next scripture and it goes, well, wait a minute, but that doesn't what this means. So what does that really mean? Um, 
And when we started looking at the the Hebrew perspective, which is context, now it starts making sense. Right. You know, you still have questions, but they're more easily answered. And you know what questions to ask. Right. And the answers are concrete. They're concrete They're answers, not right. this abstract, esoteric, like... Because I said so. This is the proof text for my particular doctrinal stance. Right, yeah. right. And as we dug deeper, then we started to realize that... Well, this is really interesting because what we were told this meant isn't really what it meant. And then and then we kind of started to learn Hebrew, a little bit of Hebrew. And we were listening to people who read scripture in Hebrew or read Hebrew scripture. Mm-hmm. Scripture is always great to read, but it's like watching black and white TV. And then you start doing it in Hebrew and it becomes color TV. And then if you can read Hebrew, now it's high definition. (laughs) (laughs) I use that exact same analogy all the time. I mean, there's definitely a difference. Yeah, there's such a difference. And and having the scriptures that you've read since a child, and then all of a sudden, you're not knowing it at the time because you don't really know Hebrew or the context exactly, the perspective. But as you're finding that the biggest thing is, we have a Greek mind, and they don't gel, and you can't take the Bible literal. It now had a different taste, and it began to make sense of yes. things that you go, well, somebody told you this and this, but some things just didn't gel, and now that you know it could be yes and yes to an answer, could you have more than one thing in that box, and your box had to get larger, as yeah. um, Brad Scott would say, you know, that, that yeah. Hebrew box and everything. Yeah, it gets And then there was a certain amount of humility that I saw as we started studying under Rico. And so I'm very appreciative of Rico's things because he always, I have to look at myself and make myself humble because I don't think myself as a humble person. But in that, it's like, wow, you know, how grateful you are that the Father has taken you from your experiences in life to where you are and then continues the journey. And so I think that is... um, you know, huge. Yeah, and something you were saying in there made me remember when I started learning mm-hmm. these things and learning Hebrew and culture and context. Exactly. And reading the New Testament, there were a lot of things that started to make sense that I hadn't even realized didn't make sense before. Mm-hmm. Right. And now I'm seeing them in light of their culture and their context and their history and everything else. And I go, oh, that's what that means. And I didn't even realize that I didn't know what it meant because I I don't even know that I thought about it. I don't know that I ignored it or that I thought it meant something different. It just didn't mean anything before it was just in there and I just kind of glossed over it, you know. Well, it was interesting that you say that because in my previous experience in the the Mormon church, we, we read the Old Testament and we read the New Testament and we read Book of Mormon and stuff. But it was the context thing. And it's interesting because the New Testament. And as we've gone on in this journey, I find out that there's absolutely nothing new in the New Testament. (laughs) No. There isn't one new thing in there except for Yeshua forgiving us and, and giving us salvation, which technically isn't new either because it's mentioned in the Old Testament. Right. If you want to know the ending of the book, read the front. Yeah. Don't read the back first. That's another Brad Scottism. Yes, yes. <laughs> and the birds and the bees and the flowers and the trees. Yep. <laughs> I love Brad. That's cool. How did your family? I mean, do you guys do you have kids and how did they respond? And 
<laughs> you know, what about the Mormon Church? What did they do? Well, the Mormon Church didn't do anything. I mean, they're they're a little more they're a little more tolerant than people think they are, to a point. Huh. Um, to See, a I po- would never have guessed that. To a point. Okay. I doubt that they would let me be a Sunday school teacher today. <laughs> I, they want me as far away from the kids as possible. Well, he has eleven kids from his first marriage. Obviously, a Mormon. Right. And I have right. three daughters from my first marriage, okay. and um, my kids live away, and his kids live away. It was just more the siblings who had issue because they believed that Yeshua had nailed on the cross. And and I had a sister recently ask me, "Well, you're under that law." I said, "If you're asking me, I said no." I'm under the commandments. What are you under? Somebody had said that, and it really made a difference because, yes, I'm under the commandments. Right. What do you think those are? Right. So um, it's amazing, you know, where grace and law fit in versus just the grace. Grace is in the law. Mm. Yeah, they work together. (laughs) Not just you can pull Yeshua out of your pocket whenever you want. That grace stuff, no. Right. So... Safe Haven is our home fellowship. Um, we live up on the mountain up here, about 40 minutes away. So cool. we, we come here for Shabbat, and I, I facilitate every, about every three weeks. But it's interesting because Scripture, you know, we read Scripture a lot. I mean, everybody reads Scripture to a point. But being in this type of an of a organization, you actually see Scripture work. We've had... Ex- explain that, though. Okay, Flesh well, that out. Well... I was, I, we were at a festival a year ago, and they asked uh, some of the adults they were going to harvest, mm-hmm. you know, for the meal. Right. It was a Friday, and so they asked if maybe the adults wanted to help the GITers and we go out and pick fruit, so or vegetables. So we went out and picked vegetables. I did, and um, we picked boxes of vegetables. So I mean, we're back in the refrigerator truck, and we have to weigh everything. And so I was talking to the young man who takes care of the books. And I said, man, when was the last time you picked those rows that we picked? And he says, oh, two days ago. And I went, wow. you're kidding me. And he goes, no. And he's smiling, you know. <laughs> and so he, with all the vegetables come in, we're carrying a conversation. And I said, well, what did you get today? And he goes, 287 pounds. And I went, man, that's a lot of vegetables. He goes, not really. <laughs> and I went, well, what do you mean, not really? He said, well, it's Shabbat. And I went, well, what do you mean Shabbat? And what's that got to do with 287 pounds of vegetables? He goes, well, we picked this thing two days ago and it was fresh. He says, we got 142 pounds. And I said, okay. So we, he showed me, well, he says, come here, look at this. And he, he opens up the book and he goes back about six or eight weeks. And every Shabbat that they picked is absolutely double of the previous pick. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. So I'm sitting here with my mouth open looking at this, like, teenager, and I'm going, Oh, wow, he did say that in Scripture, he did. didn't he? He did. <laughs> That's so cool. You know, and, oh my and gosh. We've, we, we've, we've been out here. We've had up to 435 people here, and we've never exceeded what the land can support, ever. Wow. We have had Shabbats, or Sukkots, rather, two babies born. <laughs> We've had marriages. We've uh-huh. had betrothals. We've had drone explosions. Yes, I was here for that. <laughs> um, you know, and and not all the time does 435 people ever agree on every topic. Mm-hmm. But we never argue about it either. Right. And we all have dinner together. We're in unity. How bad can this be? We're in one accord. Yeah. Oh, sure. That's incredible. Oh, my gosh. That just makes me so happy. What were we talking about? What was what was the question? 
<laughs> oh, well, we were. I was asking you how no. your family. Yeah, but we got off on a rabbit. We trail. got off on a rabbit but trail. The rabbi rabbit trail. trails are amazing. You learn more in the rabbi trails than you learn in oh, pretty much anywhere else, right? Well, my family thinks I'm nuts too. Um, a lot of my children are much more secular now than you know than okay. they were growing up, but most of them think I've taken four steps back. I prefer to think of ten steps forward. Um, and I pray for my children. Some of Lori's daughters are amazing because they think we're nuts too, to a point. But over time, they're starting to go, well, can you guys pray for us? Can, you know, you do this? And what do you think about that? So, again, it's interesting that you not only read about it, you get to see it work. Yeah, because I had a daughter ask me, well, how... Would we know this is any different than what we were taught growing up in Brandonism? Um, and it'll be the life in the pudding, you know, as you're going through. But to have my children share something and I go, let's pray about it. Much more have I learned to pray at a situation than I ever did before. Because we talk a lot as people. But to pray over a situation is amazing. I, yeah, so I don't think they think so much that... My children think that we're it's it's going to be. Let's see how it pans out, and it is because <laughs> there's these positive results. Right. You know, they want to see if out. it works first, and they want to see Ex- if you stick with it. Mm-hmm. Exactly. My mom thought it was a fad. Mm-hmm. You yeah. know, she was like, ah, "You'll be back." Well, if no. it's a fad, it's the coolest fad I've found. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Remember, in the beginning, I told you that one of our interesting traits was that. The only thing we could agree on theology was not to talk theology. Right. We lasted four minutes. Just before this interview, we just spent two hours in a very deep midrash with a 20-year-old young man from another country learning from each other's points of view. Right. And we didn't argue once. Yeah. Amazing, isn't it? Mm -hmm. It is. So, you ever run across newbies? All the time. Yeah. So, what are you... Where do you point them? What direction do you point them in to learn, you know? Because everybody says, oh, you know, the Bible is my favorite resource. But when you've been reading the Bible your whole life and you've not been, and and you discover that what you've been reading, what you think it says, isn't what it says, you have a lot of new learning to do. Where would you point someone who needs to do that new learning? For me, I think that I start them at the beginning. Okay. I ask them to go back and read Genesis. But forget everything you've already learned. Re- pretend you're reading it for the very first time and think of it as a circle. And if you think of it as a circle, it means that what you read now, you're going to read again. Mm, yes. I said, and now continue on. And then when you have questions, go ask somebody. You know, ask the questions. There's no silly question. The only silly question is one that you didn't ask. Oh, I can come up with a silly question. Mm, probably. Yeah. <laughs> and I agree with him. It's... In Christianity, they tell you to go to John. Right. John. But John says in the beginning. So yes. why don't you go back to the beginning <laughs> of the book? That is a good point. <laughs> and then go down. Go you from know, there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think I ever really thought about how we read through the scriptures, how the Lord made the day. But he started at night. He did. And that was such a big thing because when we do our Shabbat and then light a candle, no tradition, to help separate out the starting of the new day and right. especially Shabbat. Right. You know, and then Habdallah and, you know, the ending just has such deep impact to your walk. Yes. 
It's it not does. the same old thing from one week to the next, and the new experiences, you know, it's amazing. I've, yeah. I've found that, well, for us anyway, at least since we've got into this walk, generally there's darkness before there's light. Yes. But the light is really awesome. So what do you guys call yourselves when someone asks you what your religion is? Torah observant. Okay. I'm not sure. Seriously, I thought, yeah, you know, it's this, and it's this, or it was this. And I don't think that I want a label. I don't oh. think that I do. I okay. think that you want to be recognized for how, as Rico was, how you represented the Father. Yeah. And not to put any kind of shame or any kind of thing on him that he would be unhappy with you. So yeah. I think it's ultimately learning enough to be humble to walk in this right. and then be that light but just you know basically a follower you know of what the true scriptures tell us in the hebrew mindset because he was a hebrew <laughs> he wasn't a greek was you know a so. hebrew. and he said walk as i walked right newsflash people yeshua was jewish yeah <laughs> He was a rabbi, <laughs> and he so wore tzitzits. How people just, they know that, mm-hmm. but they don't know that, you know? And right? I didn't know that he was a rabbi. You knew he was a teacher, right. but he was actually a rabbi. Yeah. That's how he could stand up in the temple. and read inside yes, of the temple. That's right. But they just have you, he's just here, and he's just there, and he's doing something, but then they skip past something, and... That's yeah. the whole essence of telling you where he was at what time, yeah. you know, always on time. Well, and in the Gospels, every story takes place during exactly. the feast. Mm-hmm. Exactly. <laughs> and you know, well, he was at the feast. We never knew that. Yeah. All right. So who are your favorite teachers? Just off uh, the top of your head, quick. Just... Rico Cortez, Brad Scott. Okay. Monty Judah. Monty Judah. You too. Yeah. The same, but I also listen to several um, other teachers. Rabbi Yeheskel um, Itaki out of Canada, Melik Israel, don't always agree with everything, but there's a Jewish perspective, being a rabbi, that we can't just come from our own place. We have to continue to seek and read the sages and the you know extra-biblical books to get a deeper insight of what they're talking about in history. Know where you're coming from. Oh, yeah, and Berks, uh, Rabbi Berkson. Steve Berkson. Yeah. Well, that's it, guys. Okay. Thank, Thank you. you so much. Thank you. Thank you so much. Yeah. This- this was fun. Thank you for listening to Walk Like a Hebrew. You can follow us on Facebook or Instagram at Walk Like a Hebrew. And don't forget to share this podcast with friends and family. Bonus clips taken from interviews are also available on the podcast feed at walklikeahebrew.buzzsprout.com. These bonus clips don't have an introduction, so remember to listen to the interviews first so you'll know what's going on. Many thanks to Jack Lane for the music. To get a free copy of his CD, Lord I Lift Your Name, send an email to jacklane at earthlink.net. May Yahovah bless you. We'll catch you next time.